Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? I'm kidney stone free, Amy. Well, that's good. You are better. For now, at least. You're better than you were last week. Uh, Although it continues to be a heavy season, just in general, like it was last week. Um, And we are, are processing all the events of our country along with everyone else, but you are better in one respect this week, and that is kidney stone free. Yes, that's good for me. And also no, you know, heavy drugs and pain meds and things like that either. So Right. So we're re- so we're recording this and you uh you're you're not in tremendous pain. You're also not, you know, floating in the clouds yeah. with me afraid of what you're gonna say. I typically am afraid of what you might say, but at least you're lucid. So Yes. <laughs> or so they say, right. Right. All right. You know, for you. Yes. For your baseline. Hey, wait a minute. You're lucid. Wait a minute now. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Anyway, before we get into our show this week, uh, we do want to thank our sponsor. SBC This Week is sponsored each and every week by the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, where you can get the theological training and the hands-on experience you need to thrive in ministry. Wherever and however God is calling you to serve the church and fulfill the Great Commission, Southwestern offers a degree path to equip you. Whether you're pursuing a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, Southwestern Seminary is here to walk alongside you as you live your calling. You can learn more at swbts.edu. That's swbts.edu. So uh, some news from those guys this past week. Uh, they are going to have in-person, on-campus chapel uh, starting, uh, I think, in about two weeks. I think it was the 27th. Did I remember that correctly? Um, I think so. I think it's the last week in, whatever the last week in January was. It might not be the 27th, but it is going to be right. around that time of the, the year. So uh, congratulations to them getting that back going. Things are... I, I guess kind of sort of getting back to quote unquote normal on the seminary campuses. And, and that's good news. I know it at not just Southwestern, but all of our campuses. Yes. Yes. Everybody. And of course, everyone has to follow whatever their local guidelines mm-hmm. are in their state or in their city. Um, and they're figuring, figuring that out. But Southeastern is uh, having doctoral, you know, seminars right now. And so Keith's been teaching for the last couple of weeks and, Mary's getting ready to go take some of her classes that she takes, you know, at the starting at the end of this month at the college at Southeastern. So, um, fig, you know, everybody's they got masks on, desks are spaced apart, things like that. But you figure out a way to have class. Yep. All right. Well, hey, let's jump into it, Amy. We got some news this week out of Georgia. Mike Stone, the former executive committee chairman, will be nominated for SBC president. This was. A big announcement to come. Of course, this means now we've got multiple candidates for SBC president. And so this came out, the announcement released early in the week. I think, was it, did it release Monday? It's on the 13th. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it released on Wednesday, I Wednesday. guess. Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Released on Wednesday. That'd be the middle of the week, Amy, not, not I, early in the week. Uh, let me just tell you, life is crazy right now. Not all, you, We've got the big life is crazy with everything that is going on in the the nation, uh, which is he- very heavy for me, I'll just be honest. And then sort of the small thing, which is as we record this today on Friday, I'm preparing in about an hour, uh, in about two hours to take my oldest child, my daughter, to get her driver's license. And so pray for Amy. 
the anxiety is just high right now at, at the kind of the, <laughs> the macro level and the micro level. So all my days are running together. But it was Wednesday, uh, Georgia pastor Kevin Williams announced that Mike Stone will be nominated at the 2021 annual meeting. But Kevin will probably not be doing the nomination. Okay. That's, I think, what we, we discussed. Uh, they okay. did not disclose who would nominate him. Ah, okay, yes. But Mike Stone will be nominated, according to this announcement, at the annual meeting. He joins Al Mohler, uh, who is the president of Southern, as the two candidates that we have right now that are announced. That's right. And Mike Stone, he's no stranger to many people. Obviously, he was the chair of the executive committee for a a couple of years. He's the immediate past chairman. He is a past president of the Georgia Baptist Convention, and he's also a member of the steering council of the Conservative Baptist Network. So he's he's been at Emmanuel for a long time. He was on the staff for five years, and then he became pastor in 2002. So he's definitely been uh, someone that's been involved at multiple levels. So we mentioned that Dr. Moeller and Stone are two of the candidates right now. So our, our staff got to wondering, because we, we had some announcements last year for other candidates as well as president that we don't know if they're going to carry forward. We may have more coming. Uh, right. But our staff got to talking this week a little bit about multiple candidates and when's the last time we had, you know, a big bevy of candidates. Most of the time it's like two, maybe three. Right. And we we kind of wondered, you know, how many we might have. I don't know. Uh, but we, we thought back to 2008 and 2010. I think there were five in 2008, four in 2010. And we got to thinking, you know, is that the most? And it right. wasn't, Amy. That's but right. But Allison Young found out which one was the most. And boy, this is a wild story. Yeah. So she started looking and found in 1963, it looks like there were 14 candidates All right. for president. Lots 14. of nominations. Yes. Yeah. So the 14 were Carl Bates, Paul Cottle, Walter Benz, great name, by the way, um, Monroe Swilly, Ross Edwards, D.L. Druin, E. Herman Westmoreland, Leo Edelman, W.O. Vaught, W.A. Criswell, Kendall Berry, K.O. White. And then by that time, everybody was like, hey, that's enough. We're going to make a motion. Like they literally made a motion that nomination ceased. And, the and it said, failed. No. It failed. No, we have more. Billy Graham got nominated. Ted Adams got nominated. And they were like, all right, that's enough. Yes. And then like five of them like requested that they be withdrawn. So W.A. Criswell, Ross Edwards, Ted Adams, Leo Edelman, and Kendall Berry were like, Why'd you nominate me? I don't want to be president. <laughs> right, right. Take it me got off. it got crazy. So all these nominations happen. You know, they're they're all So we we went to fourteen nominations and we're down yes. to nine though. Right. So these five, they all requested their names be withdrawn. So then the chair says, Okay. And that Herschel Hobbs was the president at the time. All right. So then someone from Arkansas moved that, well, if we're gonna have like nine people Let's let the runoff be between the top four instead of the top two. Well, that failed. So same rule was going to apply. So it says the convention then balloted on the nine men who remained in nomination for president. All right. So they take the ballot. It's nine. Here we go. Well, Good they, luck, tellers. Yes. Well, then it gets really crazy because they come back that night and the two highest to go in the runoff are Carl Bates and K.O. White. Well, as soon as that happens and they're getting ready to go into the new runoff, Carl Bates then asks that his name be withdrawn. 
So then President Hobbs rules that at this point, your name can't be withdrawn. He tells like, him no. You made the runoff. You can't pull out. What are you doing? Which is interesting because now, I mean, and, and here's something we, you know, now he's saying he can't withdraw his candidacy at this stage. Well, Carl Bates says respectfully and with appreciation that if elected, he could not serve. So then Sidner Staley from North Carolina moved that Carl Bates be allowed to withdraw his name and then the third highest man be considered in the runoff. So it looks to me like, best I can tell, that Carl Bates was trying to say, let's just let K.O. White have it. Herschel Hobbs said, we can't do it that way. So then Staley says, Staley says, well, let's let him withdraw it and go to the next guy. Well, then Dick Hall from Georgia offers a motion that just says, why don't we just count, why don't we just declare the whole thing null and void and do it over again? Yeah, Dick Hall's like, hey, I'm calling do-overs. And that's what they did. They did a do-over. But not before they kicked Billy Graham out. Right. Well, no, so... Because he wasn't a a registered messenger. All right, so remember, there were 14. Five had already pulled out. Dick Hall says, let's just count it null and void. The motion carried. So that's actually what happens. So they're going to take the new ballot. Nine with people are now, left. With, Nine without pe- Carl Bates. Right. So it's with eight because Carl Bates has pulled his name out. So they're down to eight. Then Herschel Hobbs rules that Billy Graham could not be considered for president because he was not a registered mes- messenger at that convention. So his name gets withdrawn. So then the ballot gets taken for seven men whose names are withdrawn. So that happens. Then they come back again, and they announce that K.O. White and W.O. Vaught are the top two. So So K.O.'s still in there. Right. So that gets announced on Wednesday night. Thursday morning, they come back. They ballot again. And then it finally comes back that afternoon that K.O. White had won. So it and you was, people thought 2016 was crazy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? So it's funny how we have these sort of short, we have these, mem- you know, short memories of what, what we experienced. Uh, and we think, man, this is like the craziest annual meeting ever. But in reality, now I will say we did not have a situation where, uh, the runoff. They didn't come back between K.O. White and W.O. Vaught and say, of the two candidates, neither was able to get a majority. (laughs) Um, Nobody said anything about ballots that had to get thrown out. So there was a 2016 is still the winner in that, that, uh, that yeah, but it's, but it's pretty nuts. So when you have, when you have multiple candidates, it, it can get kind of crazy. So we have two, again, there's a, because there was a candidate last year, you know, that's wondering to see what, what happens because there was another candidate last year wondering to see if that will be a third. And I don't know. We'll just see. Yeah. And, and by the way, we don't expect 14 nominations and we don't expect that kind of craziness this year. It and just was a fun story. I think also, and I need to look when I was reading in 63, but I believe they came back at one point and said, you know what, let's from this point on, you can't nominate someone that hasn't already agreed to do it. Like, check with them. Rule. Yeah, check with them before you nominate. And I, I, I think that is a good rule. Yeah. 
So that's a little quick aside there because we got a little bit of time this week. We got a kind of a light news week, so we we had a little time to to go down that trail. But we will have uh, more information at Baptist Press on the nomination of Mike Stone, uh, including a Q and A with him later on, just like the one that was done with Dr. Moeller back in November. So that's coming in the coming weeks. And uh, if you want more information, you can go check out the link on the nomination announcement this week over at Baptist Press. All right, Amy, some more. SBC annual meeting news. It's it's we're getting to that time where we'll start having annual meeting news every week. Yeah, how cool is it's that? Kind of trickling out. All right, I know. Here it comes. So resolutions committee, we got a new chairman of the resolutions committee. Yes, we do. So here's what happened. Just as a refresher, the committee on resolutions was already announced last year before the cancellation of the annual meeting, and so the way that it worked and the the way we we understood it procedurally digging in was that any appointments that had been made just like committees and and trustees and things like that would just continue forward until their successors were elected well any appointments that were made would just be that's the committee that was appointed and would go serve the next meeting unless unless yeah. they someone couldn't serve for whatever reason you know which is and normal so, like in any other year so like right. even if it had happened last year and something came up hey I can't serve there would be a replacement right so then the president because the president appoints the resolutions committee would fill any vacancies so this announcement came out just kind of updating on the resolutions committee with three changes because there were three vacancies so it's kind of the same the same committee for the most part as last year but one of those vacancies is the chair so Ed Stetzer had been announced as the chair for the 2020 annual meeting, but he informed uh, President Greer that he would be unable to serve in 2021. And so the new chair is no stranger uh, to most Southern Baptists and good friend of the pod, I would say, Dr. James yeah. Merritt. So he is pastor of Cross Point Church in Duluth, Georgia. One reason he is no stranger to Southern Baptists is because he has been SBC president. And so he was elected in 2000 and then served the, the following two years, uh, 2001 And also was the a former Resolutions Committee chairman, too. Yes, His in 1993. Second tour of duty here. That's right. So uh, he will be serving as chair. Then we had a couple of vacancies that had come up from members of last year, Bruce Ashford and Katie McCoy, and they will be replaced by Nathan Finn, who is provost at North Greenville University and member of Mountain Creek Baptist Church in Greenville, South Carolina. And then Dana Hall McCain. She is a, uh, a columnist for a number of, of publications in Alabama. She's a member of First Baptist Dothan. Angela Sue Um will remain as vice chair of the committee. And then just a reminder, there's still some committee members that were named last year. All right. Bart Barber, who's the pastor at First Baptist Farmersville in Texas. Alex Cosio, senior pastor of New Horizons Fellowship in Woodstock, Georgia. You mentioned Nathan Finn. It's going to be on there. Robin Harry, who's uh, an EC member and a director and managing principal of Diversified Trust Company here in Nashville. Uh, she goes to Clearview Baptist in Franklin, Tennessee. Andrew Hunt, an EC member, who's the senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, Brooke Medina, the director of communications for the John Locke Foundation, a member of the summit in Durham, North Carolina. You mentioned Dana Hall McCain and then also Jared Wellman, who's an EC member and pastor of Tate Springs Baptist Church from Arlington, Texas. Uh, as in the past, a couple of these have to be holdovers from the year before. 
Right. Uh, two of them specifically, and that's Jared and Angela. And we have to have three EC members, which is Robin, Andrew, and Jared. So those requirements are, are filled by that. And again, the reasons for those are to give some sort of continuity uh, in process, people who have sort of done this before in terms of the mechanics from year to year, and then also EC members that was done you know, almost a hundred years ago, I think it was like in the forties or fifties, because it was, it was determined that EC members having them on there, they've just been sort of locked into what's going on throughout the year. And so it helps to have that representation. Yeah. Uh, so those, those bylaws are followed in that. So always remember that according to bylaw 20, the procedure for submitting resolutions uh, has a, you know, a particular format that's in the Baptist press article. So you can find the link in the show notes. April 15th is the day where resolutions can be submitted. So as early as April 15th, no later than 15 days prior to the SBC annual meeting. So if you are out there thinking of submitting a resolution, that's your window. Um, yeah, you so get about a six-week window. Yes, so check that out. From the middle of out. April to the end of May. That's right. So check that out in the show notes uh, so that you can that you can make those plans. All right, some news from Birmingham. WMU held their January board meeting virtually this past week, and about 170 missions leaders from all across the country uh, gathered online for that. And uh, the big news coming out of that is that they have authorized the WMU to explore selling the current National WMU building in Birmingham due to uh, financial needs. So uh, that's a 137-square-foot building on 22 acres that was constructed back in 1984. And uh, I, I know the top left-hand corner very well, Amy. That's uh, is that, that's where your office used to be? That's where my office used to be, yes. Right up there in the, the top on the left. Beautiful building if anybody's ever been to it and uh, got a lot of artifacts, a great museum, some archives. I mean, it's like an SBC nerd's dream. They have a trunk of Lottie Moons and I think a bed of Annie Armstrong. Is it Annie or Lottie's bed? I don't know. There's a bed in the museum. I can't remember if it's Lottie or Annie. Somebody's yelling at their phone right now telling me which one it is. Probably Allison Young is yelling at her phone, telling me which one it is. But uh, yeah, some great artifacts there, some really cool stuff. But WMU will be exploring a sale of that building in the coming weeks and months. In other business, they approved a $167,230 grant uh, from Pure Water, Pure Love to provide wells and water filtration systems in Rwanda, Burundi, Haiti, Guatemala, and Liberty, and also dispersed $115,000 in change to state WMUs from the Second Century Fund by the WMU Foundation. They approved a $185 million goal for the 2021 Lottie Moon Christmas offering. That's it's going to be this coming year's goal. The, the current goal, remember, is 175 so they're going up to 185 next year. And then a $65 million goal for next year's Annie Armstrong Easter offering. So that's in 2022. So had some video reports from both uh, Paul Chitwood and Kevin Ezell. But like we said, the big news out of that was the authorization to sell the property there in Birmingham. And finally, just uh, because it, we, we think it's important to to make people aware and when these stories happen, a Florida church has committed to transparency after they had to remove from office a lay pastor who was arrested on 30 felony counts of possessing child pornography. So River Bend Community Church, that's in Ormond Beach, Florida, 
They relieved John Robert Griffin of all of his pastoral duties on January 6th. That was the day he was arrested by the Daytona Beach Police Department. And uh, so in their uh, in their announcement, they said as soon as they found out about the arrest, they immediately removed him as an elder. He was relieved of all of his responsibilities. And their goal is, is transparency with everything, um, that they want to know the truth, that they will, you know, do whatever they need to do and working very hard to make sure children are safe and protected. So, uh, this, this is an arrest right now. We will see if any updates come up later on this story, but just to make folks aware of that. It is always terrible to hear stories like this. It is always good to see churches stepping up, taking the right actions immediately and being transparent. Yes, absolutely. Be prayer for that church as they move through this time. And that's going to do it for our news this week. Amy, bring me to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right. So we're going to go to 1958. I decided to go with just a really quick one because we were doing that deep dive into 1963 earlier in the, in the show. And I just saw this, uh, this, very short story in the 1958 edition of Baptist Press. I'm really wondering if we can do some of these comic relief pieces in Baptist Press now. We'll have to talk to George Schroeder about oh, no. this. Yeah. So if you look down almost at the very end, uh, like close to the back, this was a long edition of Baptist Press. Um, it was, it was talking about, I guess, the upcoming graduating class, because this is in January that the story went out. Uh, but the, but the graduating class from New Orleans, and this was the headline, New Orleans Seminary Frees Three Crooks. Wait, what? New Orleans Seminary Frees Three Crooks. But the actual story was that Mr. and Mrs. Joseph Crook and Joseph's brother Everett Crook would all be graduating from the seminary that year. So I feel like we should have. I, that. I see what they did there. I see what they. I did feel like there. we should have one of those like sound effects with the drums going, but um, bum, you know, a little light, little levity here in Baptist Press. You know, every now and then I see these where it's like, it, you feel like when they were doing the daily rundown that they said, you know, we just haven't had a good joke here in a while or a good punt because there's no, there's not even any real story. It's like. One, two, three sentences. It's three sentences. It says, three crooks will graduate from New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. Lest the seminary be mistaken for a penal institution, the crooks are Mr. and Mrs. Joseph Crook and Everett D. Crook, all of St. George, South Carolina. The two men are brothers. So I didn't want to do a deep dive this week because I felt like our 1963 one was was pretty uh, pretty interesting. And I thought I would just say, Baptist Press got jokes this week in SBC history. Yeah. How about that? Huh. That's a that's All like right. the worst dad joke. Like there's Yeah. Um, I yeah. mean, that's what they had. It was it was I mean, a, I could try some out here on the pod if you'd like me to. It some, was a and you can see if it's worse than that. Yeah. And this is Albert McClellan, who is like I mean, he's legendary in the communications world, you know, at the, particularly at the EC. And then Theo Summerkamp was the editorial assistant. I really wonder, did New Orleans Wait, send him that his joke? his last name was Summerkamp? Yeah, it was. Yes, it was. He doesn't need right. to be making fun of anybody with the last name Crook because his last name is Summerkamp. I mean, for real. 
It's it's S O M M E R K A M P. But that's how I think I'm saying it right. Summer camp. So, you know. But uh that's those I don't know whose joke it was. I don't know if it was somebody at New Orleans. I don't know if it was one of them. I'm not really sure. But they were they were reaching hard. So yes. that's what I got. Hmm. All right. Well, very cool. All right, well, that's going to bring us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is? A new podcast from Women and Work. So oh. this this has been, uh, no pun intended, this has been in the works for a while. Courtney Moore, who really started and runs- Good friend women, of the pod, by the way. Absolutely good friend of the pod and runs Women and Work. And I am, uh, full disclosure, I'm on the board of that uh, organization and it is just great uh, the things that they have in store but Courtney and Missy Branch who is also a good friend of the pod a great friend of mine here in Wake Forest as she is at Southeastern Seminary they are co-hosting this and their first their first episode is an interview with Courtney Reisig so it's uh it's about um, stepping into productivity is sort of the the idea and to really think through what it means to consider vocation and what they want to do is interview women in various professions and hear how their work makes an eternal difference in the kingdom of God. So this is Courtney Reisig, who's an author, Bible teacher, wife, mother, and homemaker. And uh, they interview her and talk just about calling in her life and what she does. So definitely check that out. We'll put a link and maybe add that to your podcasts of the week, which all of you who listen are podcast listeners because you're listening to this right now. So throw that one in there. Yes. Very cool. All right. Mine is the North American Mission Board's 2021 prayer calendar. So it was released this past week, and it's, it's a prayer calendar for NAM missionaries and chaplains. So that, that makes sense because it's from NAM. So it's available over at baptistpress.com through the, uh, we have a link to it. We'll put a link to it in the show notes. You can get it, uh, it's for free, uh, aside from the cost of shipping. So you can download a digital version or you can get a hard version. All you have to do is pay the shipping over at NAM's web store. So it's a free pair guide that you can download or get a free hard copy that you can like put on your desk or whatever and flip through and pray for people every week. So uh, they do limit the number of physical copies to 25 until the end of January. So you can't go and get like a hundred of them or whatever. But if you want to get some, you know, like four or five for your missions team or something like that and hand them out at church, you can do that over at the NAM website. So uh, the NAM 2021 prayer calendar for missionaries and chaplains is my resource of the week. All right. Very cool. All right, Amy, that's going to do it for us on the podcast this week. And I want to thank our sponsor again, Southwestern Seminary. Uh, those guys are getting back on campus in the next week or two. I know all the seminaries are getting kind of cranked back up for the spring semester. All the best to, to any of you who may be studying at those or teaching at those and leading those. We appreciate uh, your studies and your leadership and your, your teaching across the country at our different seminaries. So uh, we appreciate all of them. And Amy, I'll see you next week. See you next week. See you next week.